In this week's episode of Studying Third, we'll be reviewing the matches against Fiorentina and Genoa. We'll be previewing the Napoli and Atalanta game. We'll be discussing the fallout from Inter's annual financial report, this week's Moji, Frog and Moratti, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, on elsempreinter.com. Benvenuti, bentornati to another edition of Studio Inter. I'm your host, Imatuallo Iruzzari, wishing you welcome to an episode where it's a close season episode because we're just about close to closing this all off, this whole thing off. Um, and we're going, we've got quite a bit to talk about because quite a, quite a bit happened this past week. It is never dull in the world of the Nerazzurri, as we all know. Uh, but before we get to all that, I'd like to introduce our panelists. Uh, Semprint.com's preview writer, Mr. Mohamed Nasser, Mystic Mo, Mr. Positivity. Well, he, has, <laughs> he has many nicknames. <laughs> many aliases, yeah. Many aliases, yes, you are. You do. Um, and we're also joined by our good friend, former London media personality, Mr. William Beckman. Good evening. <laughs> We're almost there, guys. Come on. Yes, we are. Right, let's do this. I mean, last week, we we, we all kind of agreed, uh, the three of us and Alex, that we expected a win against Fiorentina and we expected the Genoa game to be a trap game. And in terms of, as you said before we started recording, Will, uh, the games, the way they played out, actually turned out that way because Inter played really well against Fiorentina, but somehow managed not to score. And they were really poor against Genoa and scored three. Um, which in in a way I think it kind of I mean if we you know disregard the quality of the difference in quality between Genoa and Fiorentina, um, I, I think it's a kind of a microcosm of this season. Um, Inter win when they maybe shouldn't, and they don't win when they probably should. Um, would you agree with that, or uh, what's your thoughts? Yes, I agree. I think the results could easily have been the other way around. So in if in that sense, I'd like to claim a moral victory for our predictions <laughs> last week. If we can't get the scores exactly right, we at least got the. Uh, Four points. Game. Yeah, four points. We're, we're averaging four points a week at the moment. So we four 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 points an episode. Um, four points an episode. That's turn good. it back onto us. Yeah. Yes. It's um, all about us. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One point per panelist. Uh, except this week there's only three of us. No, the four point three were, point for panelists. Our, our point average is going up. I like it. I like that. Great. Okay. Well, I'll take my one point three points. Um, no, the performances were were very different. The Fiorentina game was a very well played match. I thought Fiorentina had one good chance right at the end, um, and then it just did very well to save that effort from Lirola. But other than that, it was a it was kind of continuing the um, the theme that we talked about last week about how Inter had maybe become slightly less mad in the last couple of weeks and had found a degree of control and, and rationality to their performances. Um, could easily have been two or three nil up in the first half, weren't. And uh, at that point, I think everyone thought, OK, we're going to lose this game. Um, but at least at least we didn't we didn't suffer that particular ignominy. But, yeah, there was a good performance and, and should really have been rewarded with a win. Um, that's that's a normal way to drop points. That's not an interway to drop points. So I was at least relieved that if we're going to drop points, we did it in a sensible way for once. <laughs> in a normal way. <laughs> yeah, that's how a normal big team draws at home to a team that's in mid-table. We always have to take the lead, have 11 v 10, miss a penalty, you know, concede yeah. at the... Yeah, so for once we had a normal dropped points game, which was fine. And the general game, as you said, we scored three goals in that game, but the performance probably didn't merit three goals. I mean, it was 1-0 with five minutes left, and I think 1-0 would have been a more accurate reflection of the game, although I suppose Genoa were, Genoa fancied a goal at the end, and that really would have been a, a damning indictment on, on this team's inability to, to manage a lead. I thought the second half was pretty sloppy in particular, but um, at least from that game, we got the the beautiful third goal from Romelu Lukaku as a, as a reward for having sat through the previous stodgy 92 and a half minutes. So it's very much, as you said, I think, um, two performances that uh, the two performances that have produced slightly strange results that maybe would have made more sense the other way around. But ultimately, we got four points. So fine, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Fine, whatever. But um, one aspect that I wanted to talk to you guys about, and Mo, I wanted to ask you about this. I mean, 
you know, you know, there's this there's this expression about look like you want to play football and how how body language and mentality really matters. And if we disregard the quality that this player has, Alexis Sanchez, his body language and his attitude and his mentality, I have fallen in love. I have a bromance with Alexis Sanchez. When he comes onto that pitch, whether if he starts or if he's on as a substitute, the attitude is exactly what I want to see from a player at Inter. He's not happy when he doesn't with the midfield when they're not performing enough. He he doesn't have no any problems telling them to do better. He 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 always wants the ball. His understanding with Lukaku is almost telepathic, and he's a points player. Three goals, seven assists after lockdown. That's this is the old Alexis Sanchez we saw at Udinese, uh, to some extent, and Barcelona and Arsenal, etc. I'm, I mean, I'm running out of superlatives to to express this man. Um, what do you what do you think? Do you agree? Do you not agree? Where are you on him? You no, know, I, I definitely agree. I, I agree completely. I think he's he's for sure he's been uh, our best player coming out of the lockdown. And uh, like you said, the numbers don't lie between assists. I think he's the the continent's highest assist maker. Uh, behind Lionel Messi uh, in all of Europe, if I, I heard that statistic a, a match day or two ago, yeah. so it might be dated. But, 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 uh, but isn't that great? Because they're apparently going to be teammates next summer. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, leaping ahead, Larry. <laughs> on Twitter. I, I had to. I had to. I mean, for goodness' sake. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're to get to this, yeah. but I couldn't let that one slide. I mean, of all the yeah, no, no. in the world. Yeah. Sorry. Go on. Good call. No, but yeah, no. I, I guess, I guess um, we 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 need Conte needs uh, two strikers to be playing uh, alongside each other in good form, and this is what he got. You know, Lautaro uh, was carrying that mantle earlier in the season when his form dipped. Uh, Alexis was more than ready, uh, both like you say, condition, form, and uh, uh, attitude and disposition to to take uh, take the second slot uh, very very ably and. Uh, I'm very happy because it feels like we've got a new signing. It's amazing, you know. Really and he does, really. yeah. And he does offer something extremely different to anyone else. I mean, look, I was never a fan of Alexis Sanchez, but it was just uh, my personal biases. But uh, he, he's he's a star player. He's he's a top top quality guy, and he he does offer something that few players around the world, when he's on good in good form. Can do and and uh, we're seeing that so you know very very happy very very happy for sure Are we um, can, should we um, should we be starting against Hitafe instead of Lautaro Are we at that point now do you think well I think that given I think given we probably the, are I mean given the point that right now Lautaro's form wouldn't have him even claim a stake on the bench at Las Palmas in the Segunda I'd say that Alexis Sanchez is definitely my go-to guy what, yeah. what do you think no I I agree I mean it's obviously a shame that uh, at the moment. The Getafe game is the final game that he's eligible to play for him. So we'll have to hope that uh, Inter and, and Manchester United can agree some kind of, of deal for him because it would be a shame just as he's got going to to say goodbye to him. Three goals and seven assists since the, the restart. Um, admittedly, you know, the, the, the assist against Roma side, they've all come against teams that you'd have expected Inter to, to beat or to dominate. But even so, it's, it's, it's a much better improvement. It's a much bigger um, contribution than we had um, from since before the uh, before the the lockdown came into force, so it's good to finally have a backup striker. Although just as we've got the backup striker, <laughs> the starting strikers has gone off form as well. So we still only got two strikers, if you like. But, Las Palmas um, in Segunda, a mid-table team in Segunda is how he's playing right now. I, I mean, it's yeah, yes. it's a shame. It really is, and it's once again it's Barcelona who always do this. That they they, they always destabilize a player at a club when they want him, and it's I'm I'm sick of it. And it's not it's not once. It's been like this for the past thirty years, and it's exhausting. Yeah. It, it just I don't understand how they are allowed to get away with this, and they always get away with it. And it's absolutely it's it's murder in broad daylight, and they get away with it. Yeah, well, I mean, if if I was more malicious, and you know me, I'm not malicious at all. Um, I think, <laughs> but I would wonder if someone has been in his ear and said, "Just don't play very well for these last few games." And well, that's drop how it the, looks. Just drop that price tag. That, and, you see, you that, that's exactly how it looks, and I'm glad you brought it up. And I'm not saying that it is like that, but it is how it. See, that's how it comes across, um, and it's really, really upsetting because he's. I mean, because because oh. that, that's what I mean about them getting away with it. They always do that. They, I mean, just think about what they did with Coutinho at Liverpool. Just think about. 
Fabregas. I mean, how how disrespectful was that to Arsenal when they, you know, the way they yeah. they, they did that? I mean, if they do this all the time, and it's it, I don't understand how they can get away with it. And they they do, and they just come always get away with it. And it's even you know, I'm not saying Real Madrid are angels, but they're better than than Barca in this sense. Even I mean, I remember Harry Redknapp having a good old whinge when he was at Spurs and Modric, uh, you know, all of that. But I mean, that was still nothing compared to this. It's it's time and time again with Barcelona. It's yeah, exhausting. No, and, and people seem to be able to do good business with Real Madrid uh, in both directions. It's Bar- Barca, like you say, it's a, it's a, a structural thing that's been done over and over again, and they. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it seems like they're, they're a club that likes to work in a vacuum and, and, and doesn't want to participate in any sort of uh, two-way, two-way exchange of talent, of whatever it is. And, you know, when, when uh, PSG come and uh, buy an AMR, they oh, I love that. Foul, they run. Oh, I yeah, love that. I mean, oh, I love I'm that. certainly no fan of PSG. And, and, <laughs> Me uh, neither. Uh, Me neither. The Khalifis, you know, I, 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 I don't think they're doing... Um, the world football any justice, but it was very nice to see and 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 very you know like shameless to see Barca crying oh and going to the payback win. is and, a yeah. bitch payback is a bitch and God that was delicious to see how PSG just gave them you know the shoe was on the other foot and it was so delicious to see them cry and whinge and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it thoroughly um, so let's I don't want to talk about Barcelona no. let's move. Um, so <laughs> no, but let's, you know that um, yeah. there's a the, there's an interesting stat I just came across. Not that it means that much because it doesn't change the overall analysis of our season. But um, the Genoa match yesterday was our twelfth away win of the season, and mm. the last time that happened was the two thousand and six seven season with the post Calciopoli year with Mancini. So that's the only other time that we've managed twelve away wins in a season. So um, yeah, not bad, best in the league, but um, too many draws at home. Um, which has been a bit of a shame. So a nice little nugget. I'm sure Conte won't have, have missed out on that. He will be oh. reminding us about it every opportunity, <laughs> along with best defence, having conceded one goal a game. I mean, um, when he, he sounds like a 14-year-old stat merchant in that post, post the game. You know, the way he, second best attack, best... It was like it was Trumpian. Like, second best attack, best defence, yeah. uh, most away wins. It's like, OK, mate, you're still... What is it? Eight points behind you, but like chill, you know. <laughs> St- yeah. Still, you know, it's like stop it. It's, it's just... I think that there was. I think he could, the question he was asked was something something like, "You've got better numbers than Juventus apart from the points," <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's true. We have scored more and conceded less than Juventus, yes. which is strange. But um, you know, yeah, it's, very strange. Doesn't, doesn't it's very, very strange. Doesn't strange. It's very strange. <laughs> but it, yeah. it is. Strange. I think and it's. I... Uh, I think the difference is in those uh, twelve penalties. You know, really. Twelve penalties. If you look back. Uh, there are Cristiano Ronaldo 12 penalties ah, he scored. Ah, come you know, on. I think, I, no, I, I think so. I think, I think th- this is fundamentally the difference between Inter and Juventus this season. Well, we have been able to win games and they've won games. Well, uh, and that's it, true. A string of matches was uh, Juventus uh, rigore per la Juve, you know, every time. <laughs> rigore per la Juve. Yeah, it was, you know, a, a stretch of a good two months uh, after the new year where Juventus were playing absolutely abysmally and uh it was week in week out one nil nils one nil wins but we can't blame but we but we can't blame juventus no, i think that's uh, you know yeah i mean I, I, we can't blame juventus for the Bologna, Sassuola. yeah exactly i mean i'm not i'm not gonna go there i'm gonna you know for me this this game those 10 draws several of which came at home yeah that that's where i yeah because that, that was the other that was the other thing he said wasn't it we've had fewer defeats than everyone yes but we've drawn with sassuolo lecce cagliari but you know Name them all. Yeah. That's the and we lost the against Bologna when we were one 0 yeah. up and missed a penalty and got a red. Like so, I mean, we've squandered yeah. it. And I think when Fulvio was on a couple of weeks ago, when he said, you know, what he said about how, you know, this was a missed opportunity. I think that's spot on because well, this yeah. really, Juve were really there for the taking. And when when will you have another Juventus like this? Now they might mm. be like this next year. They may, you know, Sarri's project may not take off at all. But you'd think that they'd solve some of their problems at the back. You know, Kilini's been out all season. They've got already. Signed Artur and Kuruzevsky, so the midfield mm. will be more to Sarri's liking. Uh, you know, they might do something up front. Like it's it, and they've got fewer points than they had a, 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 that they have in any stage of the last few seasons. I mean, this is the first year since 
um, since Allegri's first year, where they're not going to reach 90 points. So in terms of mm. the points, it was a it was a doable Scudetto if you it maxed really... out everything you did. It's still difficult, but if you maxed out your possibilities, there was there, but, and that's but, and that's where squandering thing becomes so frustrating because well, exactly. Exactly you, my point. I mean, it's, you know, it's Sassuolo games those, and Bologna. Yeah. That's four points just there. If you take your... Well, it's five points. Sorry, it's five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, five, yeah. So, you know, um, and that's why it's kind of difficult to to completely swallow everything he says. I mean, it's true that there have been improvements, but, you know, number one, you'd expect improvements given what was, what was done last summer. One, hiring Conte and giving him all that money. And two, with the signings that were made. But when it's when you see... You know, when you see, what is it, 22 points lost from, from winning positions, you know, now admittedly Juventus have lost a lot of points as well from winning positions, which I didn't realise until the other day. But, I mean, let's focus on us first. If you if you go ahead and get um, turned over by several teams, you kind of can't, you, you can't sort of just go away with saying that we've done everything we could because you've proven in those games that you were good enough to play better than them and take the lead and then you haven't won. So there is a there is a sense of unfulfilled potential, even with the injuries, even with the calendar that's mm. been very tricky the last few days, even with, you know, whatever you want, you know, um, injuries or like bad decisions. You know, it, it's there's it wasn't the 100 percent. And that was the only way that this league was going to be won. And we haven't done it. And that's what's that is what is frustrating. And now we don't know if we'll be second, third or fourth. It's going to be very mm. close. It's going to be very close, especially with with Lazio finding their form again and completely destroying Hellas Verona as we speak, uh, leading 4-1. But um, so I think it's going to go down to the wire. Inter have their workout cut out for them against Napoli and Atalanta. So um, so yeah, I mean it's, it's going to be tricky. I personally still think we're going to end up in fourth place because simply because of the match schedule we got left. Yeah, I, I think that I think the Lazio game that, that they're winning against Verona makes things a bit tricky. I think you know we're going to have to beat Napoli and. Um, and hope that Lazio don't beat uh, Napoli themselves on the final day to to get third at least. But you know it's difficult. Mm. I mean, the Atalanta game may change. It's interesting that the I don't think we've got a date yet for that game, have we? So the no, that, we don't. <laughs> that game is is moved what? forward. Really? No, it's no, not. It's not been confirmed well, no, yet. It's, yeah. the, it's the final weekend of the season, and so they always wait the Lega to see how many games they have to play simultaneously for you know for uh, league table uh. reasons. So that you know if if they don't have to, they can have more TV windows. So. You know, mm. it's possible that this game could be moved forward. And if that happens, maybe ah, the team lovely. name for it will be slightly stronger. You know, I saw a, a Daniele Marie, who's always very informed on it. He suggested on Twitter earlier that it could even be on the Friday, which would be two days earlier than Sunday, if my, my uh, maths is correct, in terms of days of the week. So, <laughs> um, you know, that would be that would give a, what, a five day window to Hitafi. So maybe he'd name a stronger starting level. I don't know. But um that's hopefully, like, hopefully, yeah. because I mean, we play. If I'm not mistaken, we play on Tuesday. Is it we play in Napoli already? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So it could be. It could be. And so an Atalanta play on Tuesday as well. So it could be Friday if they they wanted to to give us I'm a go- bit more time to prepare. I'm gonna. I'm, I think they will. I think they really will because uh, I think I think that's the game they want to push forward because it would also mean that Atalanta going to the Champions League as well. Uh, yeah. So they get a bit more of a break. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think we can pretty much decide it's going to be a Friday night game. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'll so have to got, wait for the confirmation then on that. Yeah. That should come out maybe. It may have been out by the time that people listen. People listen. Yeah, to this. probably. It's not not going to be long, but yeah, the, the moment we've got into 76, Atalanta 75, Lazio 75. So, you know, we've got Napoli and Atalanta to play. So it's going to be it's going to be difficult. But I think it's worth. It's worth pursuing. It's it's worth not writing it off as you know the the first position of the losers, as Conte said on Wednesday when into drop points. Fiorentina, oh. you know, I don't think we're in the position to, you know, start, start snobbing a, a, and, a and that's second a, that, place. That's a that's a brilliant segue because the 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 difference between fourth and second it is fifteen million euros, and that's a brilliant segue to what I wanted to talk about next, and that is, um, well. That is the the financial report that Inter uh, that Inter released uh, uh, this this past week. Um, that that was not it was grim reading, and and it is it is not that it's sooning a fail. It's it's the COVID nineteen crisis. It's that's all it is, and and it was they were very clear in saying that, which which I found really curious. Uh, because at first, before we get into that, I wanted to discuss this these messy rumors because I want to I want to I want to go on the record and explain what I feel about that. 
financially, I do think it's doable, at least for the first two years, because of the Italian tax reasons or tax law, which is not different to any other country. For example, when when you bring in uh, when you bring in when someone abroad who has a you know such as an artist or or you know when Bruce Springsteen or Madonna come to Sweden, they don't have to pay as much tax for playing here as someone who lives here all year round because they want to make it more attractive for people to come uh, to the country. And that's pretty much the same all over Europe. And it's the same for Italy. So therefore, uh, given that there's no transfer fee to be paid for Lionel Messi, he would come on a free transfer, which means that his wages would probably, I mean, the transfer as a whole would cost less than Romelu Lukaku's transfer cost in the first year. So from a financial point of view, that would make absolutely sense. And it's doable. I just don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell that it'll happen. Uh, again, also, it's absolute, it falls in line perfectly with who Suning are, the way they view themselves, the way they operate, not just view themselves, but also operate globally. They are a Fortune 500 company. They are big business. They are billionaires. They are good at what they do. And they dominate Asia, which happens to be the, the, the part of the world with the most people in it. Uh, and the fastest growing markets in India and, and China, uh, etc. So there is all of that is there. That's not that's not just opinion. That's just fact. However, eh, why would Lionel Messi give up? Why would Lionel Messi give up playing in the, you know fighting for the La Liga and three you know three two three domestic titles every year and possibly the Champions League to come and play with Roberto Gagliardini and in Inter who's fighting for fourth? I mean, to me, there's, it makes absolutely no sense. Um, and because Inter are nowhere near winning the Champions League, I mean, we can. I think, I think that's that's just stating a fact, and it's not me being negative or anything. I think that's just a statement of fact. So, therefore, I, I just find the, the whole thing a bit silly. Um, uh, I don't know what, if you guys agree, uh, Mo. What, what's your thoughts on this? I know that you well, you don't want it to, but because we we don't want that cult anywhere near our club. But I mean, just based on what I've said, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree. There's uh, there's definitely a scenario where it, uh, Suning could uh, this could be their you know uh, their BDE signing uh, to show the world uh, the, the <laughs> transformational signing for, for for the club. You know, to really yeah. announce the Inter's arrival uh, as a European a return as a European European giant. But I, I just I don't get it. I I I, I'm, I I don't feel I feel they've been quite wise uh, in how they've. Uh, nurtured and grown the project, uh, and how they've uh, uh, allowed every manager uh, they, that, that's been, um, you know, uh, under them, uh, given them the, the tools that are required by them. You know, with uh, Nangolan and Spalletti and, uh, and Icardi and Nangolan and Persic out for uh, Conte, it, they, they seem like they're stable. And there's no way I can see Conte asking for someone like Messi. You know, it just it, it makes that that no, that piece of the puzzle makes absolutely no sense for me. So so everything kind of makes sense. It just breaks down at the on the pitch uh, level, like you say. You know, playing alongside Gagliardini uh, or playing alongside Giacchini at Juve. You know, these this isn't the, the player profile that Conte ever wants uh, or has flourished under Conte. So um, yeah, I mean it's it. it Stranger things have happened, you know, in general, but uh, I, I, I'm not getting the vibes. Maybe a few years ago uh, when uh, Zanetti was, yeah, Moratti, <laughs> and, and Zanetti was more involved with the, with, yeah. the, uh, with the national team in Argentina. And, you know, like maybe then there would have been a romantic link uh, with the Argentinian contingent at Inter. But today uh, it's, it's too much of a stretch. We're a different club. We're a different, uh, our, our um, project is is different. It's it's the Hakimis. It's the whatever's. This yeah, is the, the this next is Marotta, the next yeah, batch of stars. Exactly. Yeah. It's Marotta. It's not. This is not, He doesn't do this. This is uh, this is where we're going to make our, our our name with these yeah. young guys. You know. Yeah. Agreed. Will. Just to finish yeah. the finish yeah, off. I'd, I'd like to Leonardo cut and paste Mo's comment there. I'm not getting the vibes. That perfectly represents my uh, my viewpoint well, on Messi. I mean, the, the, there's <laughs> been a. a sense there's been a comparison that's been made quite lazily in the media that, well, if Cristiano Ronaldo came to Juventus, then surely Messi can come to Inter. But it's not the same situation, isn't it? Ronaldo has already been to three clubs before he came to Juventus. He's not a one-club man. He's not built his whole life around a city, not just his footballing life, his entire personal life as well with his family and, and all the, the emotional ties he has to Barcelona. You know, I think the reason he's getting so fed up with 
things that are happening in Barcelona at the moment is because he cares about the club and wants to mm, you know, make things agreed. right. I don't think he's someone who'd run away and because the problems are, are too big, you know, the, at board level, he's got the power to change things if he wants. So, you know, I agree. I think from Suning's point of view, it's it's kind of that kind of um, signing that might attract them from maybe a, a commercial point of view. But from Messi's point of view, that you know, there's not a lot of reasons to come. Um, I don't think he's... He may never have played in a 3-5-2. So uh, <laughs> where, where does he play? You know? um, but I would, the one yeah. thing I would say in favour of this is that once upon a time, Suning's um, gift for Inter was João Mario. At least now Messi would be an upgrade on... On that, because when Suning arrived, that was their that was their welcoming present oh, to us. They brought they went after Jean Mario and signed him for forty million. But there's there's also one other thing that um, Mo said. You know, I can't imagine Conte having asked for Messi, and that's it would not have been, it wouldn't be a Conte request, would it? It'd be another. It'd be almost like a sort of turbocharged version of the Ericsson deal, which you know the club find a player that. That, that's available and, and signable and they get him and then they say, right, go on, then you sort it out. You find a place to, that wouldn't, to, to put him in the team. And Messi would never accept that. No, like, exactly. But this isn't, this isn't some, you know, this is Lionel Messi. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to just pack up and leave and hope for the best. Like, he's not, yeah. that's not how he works. It's, right. it's a nothing. It's just a Tronchetti Provera, you know, dream that comes up every couple of years. He always, he's been crying for Messi for years. <laughs> yes, he has. And, and and you know as much as I love Pirelli on the Inter shirt and I think it's part of it and I'm gonna cry when it when they leave but yeah I'm I'm, I'm let's just say that I, as much as I love the Morattis I'm glad they're not running the club anymore when we've had Suning because I think they're spot on in how they do and 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 although Massimo Moratti gave me the greatest joy in my life as an Inter fan in on the 22nd of May 2010 I it was time to move on and I think he realised that and I'm glad well, that's moved on. The world's moved on. Right, and speaking of moving on, that financial report, let's get into it, because it, it did contain some really disturbing stuff. Let's start with the positive things. Um, the the fact that um, Inter, I mean, I'm going to read from the report, it says, although Inter did not recognize match day revenue for the matches not played during the, lock, during the COVID-19 lockdown, Inter's match day revenue increased by 9 million to 48.8 million for the nine months ending in March 31st, 2020, from 39.7 million for the nine months ended in March 31st, 2019. That's excellent. And that just goes to show that this club is, is moving forward. Um, but the thing that really, really bothered me is when they talk about the part where they where they talk about um, how, in, how Inter are going to need to sell players. To, it's going to be a mercato autofinanziato, as the Italians say. It's going to be a mercato that we need to sell players to buy players. And they pretty much say that in so many words. Um, and it's, um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm keen to hear what you guys think. Uh, I'm starting, I'm going to ask you, going to ask you, Will, what, what do you, what's your main takeaway from this? Well, the, the headline is that Inter's revenue overall has, inc uh, has, uh, what is it? Is it, um, sorry, I've just lost the number. The, the, the the overall revenue has gone down by 30 million, but the overall cost of maintaining the squad has gone up by 70. So you do the maths. Um, there's a, there's an imbalance there that's going to have to be compromised, um, going to have to be accounted for somehow. Uh, they didn't say we will be selling players to 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 keep our our, our books in order, but they did say that it's a, it's an opportunity that may have to be um, that may have to be used um, because they are. They're very valuable assets. Um, so uh, it wasn't as if we're being told exactly what's going to happen. But I think, first of all, it, it just sort of kills the, the messy rumours um, because uh, I don't think uh, it's going to be. It, it's, it's a little bit strange that, you know, uh, in the week. That, nothing um, bad, nothing bad that doesn't bring anything good with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that's going to be that, that's not going to happen. Um, but look, we've already signed Hakimi, um, and there are several other sev fairly expensive objectives um, that are being pursued, uh, but they haven't been sealed yet. You know, there are Inter fans getting antsy about the fact that Tonali has not been signed. There, are, there is, you know, don't, Lautaro who don't, might go. Don't say Tonali to me before I Brozovic. have a nuclear meltdown, because okay. I, if, if, okay. I, if he goes to Milan, I'm well, on suicide. 
Well, <laughs> it's, not as if, it's not as if Milan have a, have a massive budget either to, to spend. So we'll see what happens with that one. But I think in the short term, it means that if Inter really want to go big in this transfer market, they'll probably have to sacrifice one of their key players, which they've never done in the past. You know, the, the, the last few years have been dominated by keeping the big players and creating and balancing the books by selling off youngsters. You know, that trick might not work this year if Conte really wants to push for the league next season. And there's nothing wrong with selling your big players. You know, Juventus have done it throughout their dominant period. You know, the big clubs normally are, are, are able to absorb big sales and, and as long as they, they have a clear vision about how they want to spend the money. So I don't think it's a problem. Uh, but, you know, there are, there are names that are being linked, you know, with La, like Lautaro and Brozovic, Skriniar. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I need obviously, Ericsson obviously I'm, I'm is, is a discussion. I'm, so I just think, you know, often they're dismissed because Inter have never done that in the past and we've always tried to to find other other ways of, of um, I, 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 creating I'm, funds, I'm, but maybe this year will be the summer where one of those happens. We'll have to wait. And see. I'm gonna I'm gonna read the exact quote. One of the primary liquidity needs stems from the payment of transfer fees for the acquisition of player registrations. Transfer windows for acquiring and disposing of players occur in January and summer, and, and in the summer during these periods, Inter may require additional cash to meet its acquisition needs for new players, and it may gen- generate additional cash through the sale of existing players. Now that's very carefully worded. Uh, but it does does sound a little bit like, you know, uh, we're going to cash in. And they also add, this is the part that kind of got me a little bit as well. Um, uh, and it's this part that it, it, it says that Inter's, uh, let me just bring it up exactly. Um, it, it, it's pretty much the part where they, where they talk about the um, the match day revenue being being, you know, th- that they need to to to, la- you know, to make up for that. There we go. They, the, together with the absence of matchday revenue positively affecting in, its overall working capital, could require Inter to sell existing players, which in turn could further adversely impact its result of operations, financial condition, and cash flow. That's the sentence that scared me. That really scares me. Lack of yeah. working capital and required to sell existing players. That scares me. <laughs> Yeah, the, the cash flow situation at a lot of clubs has been has been brought into light by um, by this pandemic. And I was surprised that, you know, you think about how much money goes in and out of football clubs that, you know, it didn't take long before you were hearing all these scare stories about, you know, lack of cash flow from especially from clubs in the Premier League. And it's, you know, well, once one source of revenue stops, uh, the, it doesn't take a whole lot, a lot of time mm. for the, the whole sort of uh, dominoes to start falling and for things yeah. to start sort of spiraling out of control so you know it's something it's it's something that's going to affect every club i mean we're not the only club that's gone oh through no oh no in the last few months but... i want to make th- i want to make this absolutely clear this is not an inter problem this is a world club problem this is this yeah. uh, this impacts everyone so it's yeah. not inter haven't done anything wrong here they were actually going to do an absolutely brilliant year before the pandemic happened so just to make that yeah. absolutely clear yeah absolutely um the, obviously if we're talking about costs and uh, the, the one thing that also is bear in mind is that, um, uh, in theory, and to have to buy Stefano Sensi this summer. So that's an extra bit of money that's going to be uh, it's going to be um, spent unless they can find a way to get out of the one if indeed they want to. So there's sort of there, there could be costs from from previous years that have to they have to be caught up with as well. Um, so, you know, it's it's not as if we can go out and just spend whatever we want. No, um, we, we, we may have to we may have to buy players from. Sassuolo and, and Cagliari. And, um, <laughs> you know you what? Know, I don't mind swear. if we buy. I don't care if we buy players from Brescia, just as long as the right player from Brescia. Um, yeah, I don't want to sign, you know, Spalek or uh, you know Papetti <laughs> or one of those. We, we want. There's only one player that yeah that is in, should be yes. in the Brescia trolley. Mo, Mo, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Where are you on this? Like, did, did you? I mean, what, what is your take on this whole financial thing? Do, Look, you, think, uh, do you think we're going to uh, sell? Skriniar or Brozovic, because I'm kind of I'm kind of resigned to the fact that either Skriniar or Brozovic is being sold this summer. So look, I'll I'll tie it all back down to uh, what we spoke about uh, uh, earlier, uh, in the sense that this is now a well-run club. It's a uh, it's um, it's a world-class uh, modern footballing management structure that's been created by Suning and by Marotta at uh, a multi-tiered levels. Uh, so. Uh, for for me, this is you know if um, if the COVID uh, pandemic uh, lockdown blah blah thing had happened under a, under the Moratti years, 
then would be cause for real concern wow. because you know <laughs> you know you, you never know you know i mean uh, so uh, oh, or even or even to here you know to here's a to here's a very easy target because you know of uh, of the nature of his, of his years but i'm i'm very grateful to the guy because he's we are where we are today because of the transition and the transition had to had to happen and it was always going to be painful but anyway uh, that that aside i i'm I'm not so. I mean, like Will said, this is this is a uh, this is not something that is uh, an inter problem. This is uh, a, a common problem facing not only football uh, footballing clubs or football as a, as an industry, but every every single industry. Whether you work in uh, in FMCG in retail and uh, travel and every industry has suffered due and continues to suffer. So at least uh, thankfully, uh, uh, football has returned in some shape or form for. Uh, the clubs at least make some um, TV uh, revenue, um, and thankfully we have a good, a, a really decent uh, management that uh, I trust will be able to uh, find its way out. And maybe that means we don't sign Tonali as early as we would like to, because we're haggling over the price uh, with Cellino. Uh, Marotta's haggling over the price for for longer than necessary. But maybe that's yes. not a bad thing either, you know. So, so it could be a problem. I mean, you know, but it, it won't be an interest problem. It'll be a footballing problem because if if it becomes a problem for Inter, then it sure as hell will be a problem for other teams like uh, your Milan's, like your Roma's. I mean, we know Roma is in a world of pain at the moment uh, uh, with the sale and the no sale and the freaking fighting with uh, Palotta, uh, blah blah blah, the whole thing. So. At least we have a good team behind the club. Now, whether we sell sure. players or not, I think at the end of the day, with with Marotta and Conte, and uh, Zanetti in the background being the, the you know the heart and soul of uh, you know the uh, the the the, the uh, real Nerazzurro, uh, making sure that uh, it's an, there's inter DNA and everything that uh, moves forward. I think decisions are going to be made footballingly and. Uh, it might be painful. It might be painful because we have committed to Conte and someone like Skriniar, who you have rightly said, you know, is has all the potential of becoming uh, a long-term inter-captain for, for many, many years, m- might be sacrificed uh, to City uh, because at the end of the day, footballing-wise, it's not the best fit. So who do we sacrifice? Skriniar. Or if we get Tonali and, you know, we've spoken about the midfield module and uh, where we see the midfield going, maybe Brozovic is the one who has to go because uh, with Tonali in the side, uh, it just, uh, it, it, the, the pieces don't fit uh, as neatly together. So, uh, so yeah, the two-part answer to the question is, you know, financially and, and, and from financial soundness of the club, I wouldn't be too concerned because it's a problem that's bigger than, than Inter. It's a problem that's bigger than anyone. So, uh, at least you have good a good management team behind you to be able to uh, take care of that. Footballing, footballingly with players, I think fundamentally, if you believe, if you trust in the Conte project, then you have to trust in the Conte project, and know that there will always be sacrifices and pains. You can't. I mean, no one can have it all, right? Uh, uh, it, it, it would hurt me to. It would, sorry, sorry. Last thing, yeah. It would hurt me so much more to see. Uh, uh, Skriniar goes and Brozovic for sure. Uh, for sure. And I, I wanted to touch on that. I just wanted to, on what you said about being a well run club, and it certainly has, and people should understand how much Sooning are bending over backwards. Uh, one thing they did in the report is that 100 million uh, euros in in loans have been converted into equity of shareholders in shareholder stake, uh, and they've also waived a repayment of 10 million. Uh, so, you know, they're really, they're really bending over backwards. But they go on to say that despite all this, Inter's cap cash flow could remain negative on December 31st, 2020, um, which is um, which is not very nice, uh, but which, which then puts the whole Skrinja thing into another light altogether and Brozovic as well. Um, so, you know, we, we have to understand, you know, if, if it wasn't, if, it, if there was no COVID, I would be much more upset at the Skrinja and Brozovic thing. Uh, but personally, I think I would rather sell Lautaro Martinez 
than skinning out Ambrozovic at this point. That's where I am. Because I think it's easier to replace him if we're talking short-term and long-term and or if we're talking short-term and footballing-wise. It's easier to find a replacement for Conte's football in Lautaro's position than it is to than, than it is for me to be able to swallow the jagged little pill named Armando Izzo as a replacement to Milan Skriniar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because that will really put me over the edge. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, it really, really will. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask us all to go on the record here. What? Who do we think is gonna be sold? Brozovic, Skriniar, or both? Uh, I'm gonna start with you, Will. Oh, um, I mean, it's difficult to say without sort of any knowledge of who's who's in for them and what what the price would be and what happens with. No, but what's your feeling? What's your feeling? Uh, well, Skriniar is is not suited to a back three, is he? Mm. So. Um, but then again, to have a lot of players in midfield, they're going to have to get rid of one or two. And maybe maybe people don't come flying in for Gagliardini and Vecino. So, um, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. Very difficult. <laughs> in terms of uh, just a pure hunch, I uh, probably probably Skriniar because the contact one are back through that he can, he can mould to whatever he wants. But um, I don't feel particularly strongly about that. It's interesting you said that we'd rather sell Lautaro than either of them because that's a an interesting debate for, for everyone to get involved in. Um, I thought we'd have that next week. Uh, we got to okay. See that. I look forward to because it. I don't I don't see this is gonna this isn't gonna disappear anytime soon. So no, we're, we're, it's just getting it's just getting started. <laughs> exactly, it's just getting started. But Mo, where are you? Where do you do you think both or which one or either of them? Which one? Which one is it or both? I mean, we know, we know Skriniar already has suitors. I mean, you know, uh, no concrete offers have come, but we know we know City are interested. They've been interested for a couple of seasons now. We know United had wanted him uh, before uh, before they got Maguire. Uh, so I mean, Skriniar, Skriniar, he, he's a top top defender uh, right anywhere around the world. Uh, Brozovic is an acquired taste, you know. He. Uh, uh, you know, if Spalletti was managing a rich club, but then I'd know for <laughs> sure that we'd be able to offload Brozovic to him. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, no, I, I I think I think if it was if I were to have to choose one, like Will said, with no you know, you know with no further information or no real uh, inside knowledge on the issue, I I probably say that Skriniar is would give us the higher yeah. higher uh, return and. Uh, I think the, both of them now are pretty much fully uh, paid for. Fully, yeah. Fully, yeah, yeah, fully paid for yeah. and um, amortized. So yeah, uh, yeah. It, yeah, full uh, capital gains on the books. So yeah, no, I, I, I would imagine Skriniar would would definitely be uh, a bigger. Uh, so we, so based on based on what Luciano Spalletti posted on social media, we can say that Brozovic is his pet duck named Snow White. Um, <laughs> for those for those for those who haven't seen it it's absolutely brilliant it's Luciano Spalletti in the morning feeding his pet duck who he calls Snow White cookies for breakfast <laughs> <laughs> nothing to see here move it along um as um as think... we uh, yes I, I just want to say my 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 hunch is both can be go- both can go I think both are going to be sacrificed uh, because okay. basically based and on days Yes, I think Lautaro is going to stay because I think Inter made it absolutely clear that they see that as a prestige signing. And uh, the little toddler in charge will throw a hissy fit of biblical proportions if Lautaro leaves. So I I think just because of that, to keep him happy, uh, they're going to offload those two, Uh, which which to me makes no sense because I wanted to touch on this as well. Um, I don't understand why he doesn't play Miran Skriniar centrally in that back three. Stefan de Frey clearly has done a brilliant job, but... When he's injured and he plays Ranocchia there, there is no way you can tell me that Andrea, that Andrea Ranocchia is better with the ball at his feet or has better technique or has better passing than Milan Skriniar. If, I mean, it, it's just so counterintuitive because Barcelona have been wanting him. Pep Guardiola has wanted him. And both of those teams are notoriously known for choosing players who are bad with the ball at their feet and poor technique. Like that, there's no there's no logic in that. So I I would have loved to have seen Skinner play in the middle of that defense. I think he would do really really well there. Um, uh, and, and 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 but but Conte doesn't see it that way. And then at the end of the day, it seems that he's the one who decides, uh, or he is the one who decides. And that's and that's that, that's the painful sacrifice we have to deal with. Personally, I'd rather see Lautaro leave because uh, I think he's easily more easily replaced. Um, than, yeah, than, although than, you know. 
Inter have got a, there's a problem at the moment. You know, we don't know if we're going to keep Sanchez. We don't know if we're going to keep Lautaro. And we already need a striker anyway because Esposito is the fourth striker. So at that point, you have to redo the entire attack in one summer. That's, well, which that's is, not hard because. Do you really? It's not. Pierre, Pierre, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang from Arsenal can be bought for £30 million pounds because okay. he's got one year left. left. You pay Does, that, you pay £20 million to, to United. That's £50 million. That's half of what you get for Lautaro Martinez. You know what I mean? Like, well, it to sounds me, good. I mean, no, it re- no, it really. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I look at it. To me, it's bad business as well. Yeah. But remember, this is a this is a short transfer window as well. So you're there's a lot of pieces that have to fall into place for that to happen. And especially if you're you're holding out for a good offer from Barcelona for Lautaro, it's not. If if that's the plan, then you've got to do. You've got to sell him now. You've got to sell him next week. You know, because mm. you can't you can't chance the fact that maybe Aubameyang changes his mind or United decide actually we want to keep Sanchez. You know, it's a lot of trading. So mm, it, is, the, it is. That's the risk. But as far as Scunio is concerned, I think I made a good point about him bringing a, a bigger transfer thing. I think if that's one thing that I would say with a bit more confidence is that if you're going to sell one of them, you're likely to get more for Scunio because I don't know. I was watching the the sort of uh, post match reactions today after the Premier League season ended here in, in the UK, and everyone wants centre backs. You know, Chelsea want a centre back. Man United want a centre back. Arsenal need a centre back. You know, they're they're always in demand. You know how Koulibaly is linked to the Premier League every summer. You know, Barcelona want a defender. So it's it, there's a lot of demand for him. Um, and but you see, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's the reason why I would also sell uh, Lautaro, because you can get a bigger transfer fee for him. You'd have to sell both Brozovic and Skriniar to make the same that you would for getting Lautaro. Do you know what I mean? Like that, to me, it's just from... Yeah, every, yeah exactly. Because, I mean, Lautaro is, you know, the 111 million euros, Inter won't back from that. And they have every... They're right not to. Uh, you know, it, they're absolutely right not to. Because yeah, also he's, you know, he's young. You can if, resell that, you know. Yeah, I, and we've got to stay firm for this right price because look, if we haven't, if we've got problems. Barcelona haven't got a lira at the moment. You know, they, they're just they're trying every sort of creative offer in the book in the hope that Inter will, will read it wrong and, and sign up to something <laughs> by mistake. That they don't really appreciate, it really is know. like that, isn't it? Yeah. What, about, for, what about what about is, is valued? Oh, sorry, we've done 40. We, we, we missed a zero off the contract. Sorry, you're actually, you're actually going to have to pay 40. The fax machine was broken yeah. and see what happened yeah. was. The fax I machine mean... was broken and the sun was in my eyes. And yeah. it really is like that. And it really is. And it's becoming like, and, and, and they're just sending it back going, no, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are desperate. Center. They are desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Messi wants him. You know, there's, there's so much, they've, they've, Gone on, gone on record so many times in the last Luis few months. Suarez. Luis, Luis Suarez. Suarez saying, Messi, you know, yeah. Rakitic, I think, has spoken about him. You know, everyone is just, he's the player that everyone assumes will be signed. But at no point have they made a, a sort of a, a respectable offer. So if they're going to sign him and he's decided he wants to join, then fine. But at least make a proper offer for him. Don't, you know, don't turn up with a couple of, you know, bureaus and a couple of fullbacks you don't want and don't come like, with a 10 away. euro note to a 100 euro restaurant is basically yeah. what we're, we're a 100 euro restaurant <laughs> we're a 100 here. euro restaurant Conte made it big time right let's uh, move on to uh, we got two really important games and two really delicious games if we're honest we already touched on it first Napoli against Gattuso a reborn Napoli who if I'm not mistaken still has a chance to make it to Europe um, well they've already made Europe they won the oh yeah, sorry, they won the Capo Italia. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. so the, the, the league doesn't matter to them really. No, it it's just, matter, no. yeah. You're absolutely right. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I don't know what, where my head was. Yeah, they are in Europe. So, um, so, so I for them it's mainly to kind of uh, to finish higher up and get a little bit more points. Uh, they're, or they're preparing money. to uh, take out Messi and Co in the Champions League, I think. Yes. Yes. So and I, I guess, fourth, like, the Champions League if we finish fourth. <laughs> Yeah. And and then we've got we've got we've got we've going up against the arch and I mean if if Frank de Boer I, don't, I can't remember who it was who who quoted like because Frank de Boer got sacked or mutually terminated his contract with Atlanta United in the MLS and someone quoted it that uh, I think it was Joey uh, Joe Pepister Pistorino who used to be on this pod like years ago and he used to, he quoted it and he said but and he quoted it, he made a fake quote of de Boer saying commenting his sacking <laughs> from Atlanta going, yes, but when I came to Inter, everyone worked against me. I mean, when it comes to that, Giampiero Gasperini has been so butthurt by Inter since being sacked by Moratti, and he's never stopped whinging about it. And you know that he will want to finish second and demote Inter to fourth. 
And 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 that game, I'm fearing it because if I'm not mistaken, it's away at Atalanta, isn't it? Or in yep. Bergamo. Yeah. 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 So we play Napoli at home first. Mertens is away. Uh, Gagliardini, because he's a suspended. Gagliardini, yeah, Mertens and Gagliardini, but yeah. So the Gagliardini streak ends here. Yes, it, it does. It does. And also, not only that, I saw I saw something brilliant from a from a from a from an Italian um, uh, Napoli fan when 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 quote tweeting that that announcement saying Napoli must protest this decision immediately. Gagliardini <laughs> suspended for the Napoli game. <laughs> they have to appeal this decision. Um, but um, no, so he's gone. So he's not going to play. Um, so, so I'm going to go, I'm going to stick out my neck here and say, I think we're going to beat Napoli. I think we're going to beat Napoli. I think we're going to win two, two, one, two nil. Um, and I think we're going to lose against Atalanta. What about you, Will? Yes, I agree. I feel, I think the fact that Mertens is out is, is decent. It makes Napoli a little bit more predictable to defend against because they'll have Milik up front, you would assume, who is a very good striker, but doesn't quite have the same variety in his game as um, as Mertens, so makes Napoli a little bit more readable in that sense. Gagliardini is out, and thankfully Barella is back from his suspension mm. after missing the general game, so good that they didn't pick the same game to be suspended for. Otherwise, yes. San Borca Valero, as Conte called him at the weekend, would be, Santa, would Santa be, in, Borca. Would be in midfield. <laughs> so, yeah, Barella, obviously, that means he'll have been rested. Uh, Napoli have nothing to play for. They lost to Parma at the weekend in a, in a penalty fest at the Tardini, so, you know, they are really... You know, they don't want to go out and embarrass themselves. But ultimately, the last seven or eight games of the season for them have been about, you know, um, a, a sort of tweaking their preparation and their physical training so that they arrive at the Camp Nou with everything in place to try and mm. knock out Barcelona in, in the Champions League. So, you know, this is not a do or die game for them. If, if there is a team for whom this game matters, it's definitely Inter. Uh, the performance against Fiorentina last week was good. Uh, so in terms of uh, home form, I think this is a game we can win. Um, the, the Atalanta game is is nasty. As we said earlier in, in, the, in the show, if this game is moved forward a little, that would make me slightly more optimistic in mm. terms of the amount of weight that we place on it. Um, because if, if we've got more motivation against Napoli, I suspect we might have less um, against Atalanta for the reasons that you just said about Atalanta wanting to finish second. Um, because even even leaving aside Gasparini, finishing second for them would be ridiculous. So it would be yeah, they've already broken their points record. So to finish second behind Juventus would be extraordinary. Um, I really did actually, and I just, I just, I just like, I do, I do like the fact that this is the end of the season because I remember um, when the calendar came out last summer, I was just thinking, okay, that's good. It's, it's basically like you only have to play them once because I, I was banking on this at this point. You know, neither the league nor the top four would be would be in the balance. So I'm just glad that it's not come at a crucial part of the season when we are you know, desperate yeah. to, for points to to keep pace with Juventus because then you'd have, you know, Gasparini kills Inter's title no, or Gasparini knocks Inter out of the top four. So it's, I'm not too displeased that it's come right at the end. Um, mm. But yeah, it's a very difficult game. And Atalanta have, have more time to prepare for the PSG game than we do for Hitafe. So they're likely to throw more weight behind it as well. So yeah, three points, I think. Mm. And as, also, in, but, as in three points from Napoli and zero from Atalanta. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you did mention Barella is rested. He certainly is rested. He spent this past week sunbathing. He's swimming. He's been swimming at, in, at, at Marcelo Marcelo Vale, Brozovic. don't say. <laughs> at Marcelo Brozovic's uh, swimming pool, um, sunbathing and, and, and relaxing completely uh, and trying to get away from the epic ones uh, uh, filming him, him on social media. But um, w- what about you, Mo? Where are you on these two games? Four points. Four points. Why break a streak? Yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. Why break the average? Yes. Because we get to Will's 80 points. We get mm-hmm. to... Uh, we? We'll be on 70. Yes, we do. 76. Yes. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice uh, cap to the season. So we get to Will's 80 points. We get to be within less, less than 10 points from uh, Juve. Uh, so that's another Will... Uh, I, I believe that was the other... The other uh, it was. Post. It was, yeah. That it was, was just an improvement on the... a decade ago that I made those, yeah. those, yeah. those um, so, sort so of cool. riches. But yeah, that'd be I, nice. My predictions are all just made to please you and make sure that your <laughs> wishes okay. are... <laughs> no, but uh, no, I, I think I think um, like you guys, I think. But it's funny because every time we say two matches, one this is the one that we're gonna have a problem with. It turns out being the opposites, and we're uh, yeah, no. But I, I, I still think this week. Come on, give us some credit. Yeah. I still think uh, no. I think uh, I'd, I'd screwed it up earlier myself uh, in the Roma in the Roma match week when we played Roma and who and we drew with Roma. And, 
anyway, I can't remember. So all the matches are uh, uh, up. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's all fuzzy now. But uh, anyway, Calendario is folly. Calendario's mad. You can't. You yeah. know, this is Conte's point. You can't. Tell, you can't tell a match week from another one. Mm. Madness. Vero, è vero. <laughs> allora. Uh, three points against uh, Napoli. I think uh, for all the reasons you guys said, uh, Napoli's motivations, and, and I think crucially, the midfield finally being the strongest midfield, all in good form at the same time. So I think this is, it's it's the first time that we're going to see them, uh, Ericsson or Valero, whoever, but uh, Ericsson and Valero with uh, Barella and Brozovic, it's it's good, it's good, good stuff. And then I don't think we're going to lose to Atalanta. I think Atalanta have been slowly uh, uh, losing steam. You know, it's uh, it's been what two matches or three matches in a row they haven't beaten anyone six something. So it's uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, they've uh, only scored one goal in each of their last three games. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Two draws, uh, two draws, and a and a, and a win. So uh, they're going. They're, they're going for. Um, they are going for 100 goals. They need four goals from their last two games to get 100. So that'll be another thing for Gasparini to, to laugh about let if he gets that against was, Inter. Uh, was, uh, let them score the four goals against uh, who? who? Who they play Arma. first? Arma. Arma? Yeah. Yeah, let them get that. No, I, I think I think we're going to draw against Atalanta. I think uh, we're going to draw and uh, maybe Lazio leapfrog us that day uh, to finish second yeah. and we finish third. Well, I don't, Lazio, I don't Lazio know, at home to Brescia and then they're away at Napoli themselves. So. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they've got a tough game at the end as well. Four points might be enough. Yeah, I think I, I, I just I've I've had this feeling of the second place in mind. I, I don't know, like uh, yeah. just a feeling. Yeah, I love I it. Think, Mystic Mo. Yeah. Mystic Mo. That's that's good. But, oh, that's but, good enough for me. All, okay. I mean, it, it all it all comes down to what happens against Napoli. If we do Shall win we? against Napoli, then uh, it's uh, it's really really good stuff. Uh, for me, that's a lovely season. Should we predict you know? where we're going to finish? We'll just yes. put our next one. Okay, yeah. so I think we'll be. Oh, I think we'll be fourth because I do think we'll lose in Bergamo. So, yeah, yeah I, I'll try. I'll try and tempt fate by saying fourth. Yeah, no, I'm, okay. I think fourth as well. I think fourth on seventy-nine points because I think we'll beat yeah. Napoli. But I think yeah, we'll probably. Yeah. Mo's okay. going second with, on eighty. Seventy-nine right? points and fourth is a crazy season, huh? That's yeah, it's mental. Huge. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, we got fourth yeah. with Spalletti with sixty-nine points last year. So yeah. it's, there, there's four very good teams that have been in the top four for for ages. So you know, you've got to put it in context. But still, another True. fourth. No thanks. No. No, but yeah, no. I, I think second, second of eighty. Second I can 80. live with that. I can live with that. I can really live with that. Um, right. Let's uh, move on to the uh, part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and criticize someone or something heavily in the world of football. Starting with the positivity, with Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. He's, he works a lot. He's intelligent, and he surprises uh, people sometimes with his uh, ideas. Not easy to find one person of this qualities. Uh, yeah, so uh, positivity this week uh, has to be uh, the man, uh, the whole uh, podcast, uh, myself excluded, uh, rated as the um, the best signing of the season so far. Uh, Big Rom, mm. uh, his performance yesterday, uh, his performance, his performance against Fiorentina, despite uh, missing a couple of uh, important chances, but then yesterday in particular, and that last, that 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 third goal. An absolute peach uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it. So I think uh, no need to uh, try and be too clever with the Moratti of the week. Uh, mm. Straightforward, big rom. Thank you very much for a lovely season. Thank you very much for everything you've done since you've come to the club. The positive impact, the the the, the energy this man spreads, the positive energy he spreads. Yeah. Above all, I mean, incomparable to a certain Argentinian <laughs> husband of Wandana, showgirl Wandanara. Um, I think and, and I think that debate about whether it was a good idea can be put to rest now. I think <laughs> most definitely. I mean, the how imperative this man is defensively and in attack, and then 29 goals. The guy's he's what he's what he's what. Two, th three goals away from the all-time record of first, you know, of most goals in a debut season at Inter. I mean, it's yeah. it's something Stephano great. Nias. Yeah, East four away. Yeah, yeah, four away. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, only yeah. Him and, so just yeah, just in case people haven't seen that, only him and Ronaldo have scored more goals in their first season for Inter. So he's the yeah. best. He's the most prolific debut signing since. Yeah, that's in, that's that's in the league. I'm talking about the the entire season. Yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, sorry, yeah he's on twenty. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's on twenty nine. Uh, Milito was on thirty. I think Nayers was thirty three or thirty two. I can't remember. Uh, Do you remember? I can't remember. I've, I've only got his steady hour record, which is twenty six. 
Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, so, um, no, so, so, I mean, the, everything and, and, and just the positivity this man spreads, you know, yeah. uh, it's just, wow, you know, they, what, what a man, what a man, and what a turnaround, what, what a season he's had compared to last year. I mean, talk about, you know, rehabilitating players. I mean, it's just, wow. Well, they, they were, they were writing each other love letters for the last year. <laughs> and they really, you know, they, every time Lukaku got, got on pitch side with an interview, he was talking about how Conte was his favorite coach. Conte, and then Conte press comps were saying, you know, yeah, I like Lukaku. I've seen him a lot. You know, they, they were, that was a marriage that they were both very happy about. Um, so yeah. it brought a lot of pressure for both of them to, to, to come good on their promises of being great together. And they've done it. I mean, He's been, you know, whatever whatever madness has happened on the pitch season, he's been the one kind of constant. Um, and yeah. if he's had if he's had a dip, it's because he's because he doesn't have a natural replacement, not because he's down tools or anything like that. So, um, full marks. For sure, indeed, for sure. indeed. Let's uh, move on to something much more comical. This week's frog, which will be presented by Mr. Will Beckman. E clamoroso autogol di Ranocchia. Yeah, this week's frog, um, I suppose you might not think this is frog worthy because you might think it's quite sweet, but I think it's just a bit stupid. So uh, this week's frog of the week, I'm going to give it to Birmingham City um, because yes, yes. They, they have done something that I think is censorable from, from any professional football club. Um, so they've sold Jude Bellingham, the, the 17-year-old, to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, for I think it's about 22 million pounds or a fee that could potentially rise to 22 million, which makes him the most expensive 17 year old that we've ever seen. Um, so that's all well and good. But they then got the, the sort of to, to mark this and to, to remember him. They have made the rather obscene decision to retire his shirt number. Um, so the number 22 has been his number ever since he debuted for Birmingham age 16 and however many days, a handful of days. Um, you know, and, and you know, they, they said that, you know, this was a nice way to remember him and to inspire others who are going to come through behind him. But but let's just have a look at some of the players who he now joins with so in terms of players who've had their shirt number retired. Uh, Bobby Moore, Diego Maradona, Paolo Maldini, Franco Baresi, Javier Zanetti and Johan Cruyff. If you go outside football, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Jude Bellingham, who has made let's have a look, <laughs> 44 appearances for Birmingham, scored four goals, has dragged them up to finishing one point above the relegation zone in the championship, which is England's second division. You know, it's lovely. But and, and look, the fans themselves, they haven't liked it. A couple of fans said this was the most embarrassing thing a football club has ever done. And then someone else said the most tin pot thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> You know, just give him a seat in the stand or give him a plaque, but don't don't retire a show. That kind of stuff is sacred. You know, just, exactly, it really is. But I have is, secondhand I can, embarrassment. I can I can I can understand that if if the situation was that he was retiring after a legendary career, you know, representing even if he didn't play for Birmingham that long and he retired after, I don't know, winning Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues and I don't know, a title, you know, the European Championships or the World Cup for England or something. He becomes an absolutely legendary player and then he retires and then Birmingham as you know, as and he's always talked about how much he loves the club and he grew up there. I, that even then I'd understand it. But he's what sixteen and a half years old. He's going to Borussia yeah. Dortmund. Like he's what? Scored four goals for them. And made forty <laughs> appearances. By that logic, Paris. we should be retiring. I don't know. Vecino. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's just gone because he's a bigger club has signed him. It's not as That's if, you it. Know, that's all he's done. That's all that he's done. He's been sold for a big chunk of cash and they're retiring his number. What? I mean, talk about, you know, oh, it's embarrassing. It's um, kind of like sort of, um, I don't know, sort of trying to tack on to the cooler group of people. You're trying to keep yourself relevant, you know. Um, yeah. It's just a bit cringeworthy. It really is. It's like, oh, the social media department have come up to something to create engagement online. And then some someone said, let's do yeah. that. And Oh, God. Who who suggested that? Who would have? I mean, it can't be his idea. It must be the no, club's idea. For, I don't think he cares. Probably doesn't think, care at all. But, I, I don't think he was even in his radar. I think he cares, but I don't think yeah. he would. At 16, but there were people. There were people that I think there were a few people that just don't like shirt retirements at all. You know, even when it's like Zanetti and Maldini, there is a school of thought that mm-hmm. you know a shirt number is a shirt number and it should be passed on, even when it's a, a legend. But to, I mean, he's uh, come on, no, sod off. No. Exactly. Sod off. May, may I also just uh, mention something uh, I've seen on speaking of social media uh, and cringeworthy. 
Um, I mean, look, I love me uh, uh, Zlatan Inflated Ego, but he oh. just posted a video of uh, of him uh, warning the world that, you know, you've written me off before, but I'm just getting warming up. I'm just getting started. Don't write me off. But the voiceover and the it's script so bad. is so bad. It's and so I can just bad. see it. I can, I can, I can totally visualize uh, Ibra talking into a mic, you know, uh, squinty-eyed, all serious, and thinking, you know, this is the most profound bit of inspirational, uh, you know, uh, scripture to ever bless the ears of uh, those listening, and it's, it really is awful, it's really, so cringe. Uh, it's cringe, yeah, it really uh, is totally cringe. cringe. Uh, and and he usually, because usually he just has fun with that, but that is just so cringe. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, cringe. Right, um, it's really embarrassing. Let's move on to uh, something much more negative. This week's um, uh, this week's Moji, which I'll be presenting myself. So um, I. Um, I think that the I, I'm a big I, I like the idea of the VAR the video assistant referee system because I think it does a lot of good it corrects a lot of wrongs and it did correct a lot of wrong uh, in the game at, in the Serie A at the Stadio San Paolo between Napoli and Sassuolo where um, Sassuolo scored four goals uh, that were all correctly deemed as offside but that's not what I'm that's not this week's mo- uh, moji this week's moji is the linesman in that match who thought that he's a paid spectator because he doesn't have to do his job because some of those calls were really clear some not as much but you'll see the v the, the title the clues in the title here video assistant referee your the, the clue is also in your job title your job title assistant referee you're supposed to do a job there and not stand there and hope the var saves your butt every time uh, that that because that just makes everyone look silly, and it really was silly because uh, four goals never happened before in football, and it was rather ridiculous. Uh, so for me, so this week's Monty is of the of the others two uh, linesmen in that game because it was rather ridiculous. Right, let's. Uh, that's all we had time for this week. I'd like to thank you, Mo. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Four points, eighty points, second place. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> I hope you're right. Um, I just got to say, I, I got to give a special shout out for you for, for churning out these preview articles at an alarming good <laughs> pace. And not a drop in quality either. That's absolutely brilliant. I don't know. I, I, really, I really feel bad. A, <laughs> I really feel bad. On a Saturday bad. morning, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're good. They're really good. I edit Hair them, of the so dog. <laughs> No, they are good. I edit them. They're really, really good. Thanks. And uh, also, as always, Mr. William Beckman. A pleasure. Thank you. For the last time this season, we can wish wish each other six points. So let's do it. And that let's we shall. Uh, let's do it. Uh, I'm your host, Nima Tarali, wishing you all a good week. Six points. Uh, second place in the Serie A. And sempre e solo Forza Inter. Forza Inter!